Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. So good. So good. Um, not joining us, as always, is listener Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, how are you guys doing today? We are fantastic and hope you are the same. Um, Sarah was the winner for this new cycle that we are starting with this episode to be on an episode with us. And we're just so plum excited to have her here with us. And she's put up with all of our technological problems that we've had so far. Hopefully we don't run into too many more. Um, today we are going to talk about with Sarah in a Holidays by Christina Lauren, and later we are going to get to know Sarah a little bit better. But first, Mom, Sarah, what have you been reading and watching? Sarah, you can go first. Um, I have been watching The Pack on Amazon. It's basically, um, what is that show on CBS? The Amazing Race with Your Dog. Oh, hey now. Yes. You've got my attention. Yes, it's basically the amazing race with dogs. (laughs) And Um, on Netflix, I watched Dash and Lily, which is kind of a teen Christmas romance where she puts her journal in a bookstore and sets a scavenger hunt. Yes, it was it was cute. Did you yeah, I was gonna say, did you like it? I've heard some people have enjoyed it. It's the I the general consensus on that one seems to be it's cute. It's cute, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I always see people like refer to it. Um I, now I'm thinking about how my dog and I would fare on an amazing race. Not well. <laughs> He's so he minds you so well though. Yeah, so. he minds me <laughs> so well. <laughs> no. Him, I call him in and it's very much like he takes his time, and it's like, I'm coming in, but not because you told me to. That is very much <laughs> my walk life. around the whole yard and then come in because, yeah. like, I'll come in because I want to, not because you call yeah. me. So I do not think that that would fare very well in an amazing, in a reality competition uh, sort of fare. Do you have dogs yourself, Sarah? I have one dog, and he would not fare well either. He, <laughs> he is old and deaf and... His oh. <laughs> nose doesn't work so well anymore, so any any skill that they would need, he doesn't have anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to know that it's it's not... But yours has more going on. Mine has no excuse. He should be better, <laughs> but, uh, but he's not. Um, okay, so I started... Well, I finished listening to Duke and I by Julia Quinn, um, and uh, I... Obviously, I've read it before, but I wanted to listen to it before the show came out. Um, and I think I'm going to only reread that one for now. Um, but, and I think listening to it was a good option because I, I'm still somewhat removed from the book, but also reminded of what happened. Um, loved it, obviously. You know, I love all those books. And then I am almost done with the first book in the Reindeer Falls series by Jaina Aston, which was recommended to us by Raquel in the Free For All. And um, I've been enjoying it. It's been, it's it's cute. It's a novella, which th- those yeah. are nice. I need to get some of those in. <laughs> yeah, mom's got like eight more books she's got to read for her Goodreads challenge, so. This one will close me up, so I'm, I'm good for that. 
Um, what have you been reading? I read The Switch by Beth O'Leary. Yes, you did. And that was very cute. Very cute and very uh, different vibe from a regular romance novel. So mm-hmm. it was kind of fun to read something a little different. And um, then I read The Holidays. In a Holidays. In a Holidays. <laughs> Whatever. Um, we also watched... Um, we watched a Hallmark movie called A Timeless Christmas, which is based on, like, a book by Ava Lee. And we thought that one was pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was cute. Yeah, that one was cute. I um, bought the book when it was on sale for 99 cents, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. Um, well, the Hallmark yeah. movie was cute. Yeah, we didn't read the book. The guy's pretty dishy, so, <laughs> you is, know, that's a win. That. That's what you want in a Hallmark. He should... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in, the, in the Hallmark handsome handsome way um and then we watched uh the new on disney plus godmothered um and that was cute that was cute yeah i thought i thought it was cute in a disney way it was cute yeah like a family friendly it's very like enchanted but then on the other spectrum then on the complete (laughs) other spectrum we've been watching the boys on amazon prime which is a very gory and intense very dark superheroes take yeah um have you seen that one, Sarah? I haven't seen it, but they're, like, what if they didn't have good consciences, right? Yes. yes. Very and, much so. Yeah, <laughs> and they very much do not have good consciences. <laughs> they're pretty awful. Um, although I never thought I would say, I never remember if he's Chase Chase Crawford, I think, from Gossip Girl. Chance Crawford. Chance Crawford, Chase. I can't remember his name. Um, but he was on Gossip Girl, and I never thought that he would be, like, the comedic relief in a show. But he is in this. He's, like, an Aquaman who can talk to... Oh, and he's terrible person. ...dolphins, and he does inappropriate <laughs> things with dolphins. And um, yeah. it's... Yeah, it's... He's awful. Yeah, they're all <laughs> awful. All the men on that show, for the most part, are awful. Um, but it's been amusing. But I definitely would not recommend it to everybody. No. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so that's what we've been up to. Yeah. Been keeping real busy. Um, okay. So today we are going to be talking about In a Holidays by Christina Lauren. It is the author duo's latest release that obviously came out just in time for the holidays. Uh, we've previously discussed Roomies and the Unhoneymooners by them on the show. Um, so they're, they're prolific. Uh, duo and they come out with good books so we were excited for this one um here is the back cover description for in a holidays it's the most wonderful time of the year but not for maylin jones she's living with her parents hates her going nowhere job and has just made a romantic error of epic proportions but perhaps worst of all this is the last christmas may will be at her favorite place in the world the snowy Utah cabin where she and her family have spent every holiday since she was born, along with two other beloved families. Mentally melting down as she drives away from the cabin for the final time, May throws out what she thinks is a simple plea to the universe. Please show me what will make me happy. The next thing she knows, tires screech and metal collides. Everything goes black. But when May gasps awake, she's on an airplane bound for Utah where she begins the same holiday all over again. With one hilarious disaster after another, sending her back to the plane, May must figure out how to break free of the strange time loop and finally get her true love under the mistletoe. Okay, Sarah, you chose to come on the show for this book. This is the one that you picked. So, we will go to you first. What did you think of In a Holidays? I read it first back in September, and I really liked it back in September, but I 
it was in a different place now where the second time around it was more of a, a like than a love the second time around okay I think I end up on a I think I, I give it a really like I would give it a really liked as well um because there's nothing that inherently it's not like there's something that bugged me about it which you know we've gone on about <laughs> books like that before um and but there's also nothing that was like made it amazing for me I guess I was just kind of like okay it was cute it was a I cute read that it was Christmas cute read. and it was yeah it was sweet and um we'll get in I have some like kind of weird things about it but um and we'll get into those but um overall I like I liked it. Yeah, I was an enjoyable I'll read. I'll give it a really read it pretty quick and yeah. And they're very good writers. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know who who handles the nouns and who handles the verbs exactly and <laughs> is that how they split that's it up? How they... <laughs> Dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> By parts of speech. <laughs> that would be so hard. That would be like impossible. It'd be like playing mad libs with a book. Yeah. Um, but uh they I think their books are always really well written and so I don't have any beef there um I but yeah I thought it was I'm, I'm doing a lot of shrugging that Sarah is seeing and the <laughs> listeners won't see um but that's uh yeah that's kind of where yeah, I, I really like I'll give it a really like yeah um okay what did we think of Malin or Maisie she's got like eight different names yeah. in this book everybody calls her something different yeah Noodle. Um, I will point out. Noodle, yes. <laughs> I will have to say, the one thing that I had a hard time with this book was keeping all the characters' names separated. Because part of, partly because of this, because they all have different nicknames for each other. And yeah. so, but I, in and fact, they have an Aaron and an Andrew, which you know always throws me off when they have the same letter that starts with the name. Like, I can't ever keep those people straight. I don't and, know why. You know, they'd say something about Kennedy, and I think, and it would take me a minute to think, oh, that's right, she's only five, and she's not an adult. And, you know, just little things like that, that I had a real hard time, maybe this is just me, because I'm lame. Oh, no, I'm the same. But um, keeping all the characters straight. And, in fact, when they first started, started talking, and she was talking about making out with Theo, I thought, is he her brother? <laughs> that, was my, that was my first thought. Did she make out with her brother? Because, yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> That is a drunken mistake. That is a bad start yeah. to a book. <laughs> but it's not her brother. It's a different person. But, um, uh, so that was one problem I had with the book, was keeping all the characters straight. I don't know why, because I don't usually have that problem in a lot of other books. But this Well, one and they talk problem. about them in that way that is probably obnoxious to outsiders, which, as a reader, we are. But they talk about each other in that way. It's like, I don't know who these people are. You need, <laughs> you need to give me some context, like, for who is who. Yeah. Um, they get they do a little bit of that further in, but like when the book first starts, I'm like, who are all these? <laughs> I don't know who what we're talking about here. Um, okay, so back to my original question. Okay, sorry. Um, Sarah, we'll start with you. What did you think of Malin, Maisie, Noodle, of uh, as a heroine? I thought she was very relatable. I I've been in points in my life where. Like, oh, well, which direction should I go? Which path should I take? Mm-hmm. So I think everybody's been in that spot. I'm currently in one of those spots, so yes, <laughs> I, I also. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like that, and I like her figuring her stuff out throughout the book. And, you know, that she kind of learns to grab the bull by the horns a little bit more. She kind of figures out what's going to happen, what's going to make her happy career-wise. 
um, things like that. Um, and I like her whole thing about she's like the protector of the group's happiness and the kind of peacekeeper. I get that as an older sister. I feel like that's kind of my role. Well, you didn't do a very good job. I did but... a piss poor job, but uh, no. But, you know. I, I liked Maylin or Maisie or whatever, but um, May, May <laughs> whatever you called her. Mm-hmm. And um, I did like her journey of going through these repeated things and figuring out, okay, screw it. I'm just, gonna, you know, I'm, I'm done being nice. I'm just going to, and then that's when she started kind of figuring herself out. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I kind of like that. Okay, before we talk about the hero... Were all of us always aware of who the hero was going to be? Was there ever any confusion on that? Because some listeners mentioned that in their I comments. was confused. I was pretty sure it was Andrew. And I stayed pretty sure it was Andrew throughout. There were moments where it was like, is this going to be Theo? Like, is she going to... Is that, is that the book that she's going to end up with Theo? There's just, like, little... There's just enough of it that you you think, okay, maybe this is going to turn around, or maybe this timeline is going to end and it's going to start again, and she's going to realize, oh, I'm supposed to go for Theo. He he's better fit for me than Andrew. Then when it got to like fifty percent through the book, I was like, okay, if it goes back now, I'm going <laughs> to have a problem with it. <laughs> so early on, I was like, is she going to wind up with Theo? Is is it going to switch back and yeah. forth? I mean, obviously, she had the crush on. Andrew for forever and that was who she wanted to wind up with but you know how these things turn out it could have swapped at any time and she could have realized oh no he's not for me I need to be with Theo Theo wasn't a bad guy except for he's a player but we've read lots of books about guys who are players lots did you run into any of that Sarah Uh, you have to think back to your first time I guess and not this time (laughs) the first time I'm I think probably the first 25%, I was thought, you know, well, well maybe, mm-hmm. but it made more sense for, for Andrew for me. Yeah. Yeah. The weird thing is, too, that, like, the things that made me think it was going to be Theo, maybe, were far into the book. So that's why, I, like you are saying, so yeah. that's yeah. why I was like, what the heck? Because early on, you know, it's like, okay, so that didn't go well, making out with Theo in the basement like that and that's kind of what's happening early on and then you start to get things later on well it's like well Theo I think has had feelings for you and it's like wait hold on is this gonna be Theo but like you said that's happening like deep into the book so I'm like it's too late Theo I'm sorry we're already at it up now we're at 65% there's no way we're going back or this would be a 600 already. page yeah, book no. if we switched at this point yeah it's an epic journey um so, now that we've solidified Andrew as our hero, um, what did we think of Andrew as our hero? Thoughts, Sarah? We'll go to you first. Uh, a music nerd is my personal catnip, so that was yep, for me. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely, like, a cinnamon roll of a guy. Um, I wasn't thrilled with the way he handled the end of the book. Which part? Well, I wasn't thrilled with how he, like, shut down. When he, I mean, sure, she was telling him wacky stuff, but he seemed so supportive of everything up until that point. And then, you know, when she was kind of melting down. I, yeah, I get that. But I do kind of get where he's like, 
you made out with my brother, and that's how this whole thing started? Like, because that seemed to be what he... And you made a wish. Yeah. And, I mean, and it is a lot to wrap your head around, this time loop thing. Like, if you came to me tomorrow and said... You would think, that's mom, hey mom. <laughs> I'm like, well, she's officially lost it, and I'm going to have to start changing her diapers or something soon. <laughs> um, but... I mean, so I, I was, I mean, we, we always get this moment of, you know. Well, and it wasn't terrible and it didn't take me out of the book and it, I mean, we've read a lot worse, you know, conflicts, but, um, I, and the little, uh, like grand gesture was cute in the closet. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I was on board with all that and he was a bit of a cinnamon roll and Mm -hmm. he was a bit of a sweetheart. I loved the part Oh, I'm probably going to give away my swooniest moment. But I love the part under the tree where they're both laying That's under the tree. That's my swooniest moment. Oh, gosh, too. Darn it. gosh dang it. <laughs> I have some honorable mentions. <laughs> but I thought that was really cute. And and he's cute with, like, the kids. And, like, you get why she's been in love with him from, like, preteen into adulthood. The one thing I will say, though, is the way she kept describing the relationship between these families, it reminded me of a relationship that we have with a family that's got a lot of boys that are my age, and I can't imagine wanting to hit it with any of them (laughs) because we are so close that it's like they're my brothers. But then I was thinking, because this is a family that we literally did everything with and, like, got together with every week, and I went to school with them and all this stuff. But I guess maybe it's a different dynamic with this family that, that you, you see, see a couple times a, couple year. Times a year. So yeah, they're yeah. a vacation family. Yeah. 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 Yes, exactly. So that's, oh, that's a little different, but I was like, these guys that I think of as brothers, I think of as brothers. And I <laughs> yes. Don't crush on You don't want to go there. No. no. Um, okay. What did we think of the time loop component of the book? Thoughts? I'll, I'll go. Okay. This is one of the things I kind of had a little bit of a problem with, and I'll tell you why. It either wasn't used enough or it, or it shouldn't have been in there. I mean, it, it felt like, because she only went back like three times, right? Mm-hmm. And it felt like something that should have been used more often or not at all. Well, the best part of any time loop movie, because they're mostly movies, um, is the part where they keep screwing up over and over and over again. And having to go back and start over again and, and get it right the second time. Yeah, and, you know, they have the montage of them dying, like, 86 different ways, or, you know, which sounds really, maybe that's a little too grim a little for, for a romance <laughs> novel. But the, even if they just had her keep messing up, you know, and we just got a few of those in a row. Yeah, and just, and just her saying... You know, so I did it the same way up until this point and changed, you know. Well, and it would be funny if she, like, starts a new day and then she's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then it just, like, plane crash. (laughs) 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 Or something. Slips getting out of bed. Plane crash. Sarah, thoughts? Time loop? I liked only having a few time loops because I think it would be harder in a book as opposed to a movie Mm -hmm. to show mess up, mess up, mess up. Restart, yeah. restart, restart. So I, yeah. I think that's probably why they limited it. Yeah. Well, and I think you're right. And I think, because even as I was thinking that, I was thinking, 
Yeah, but it, the, it would have dragged, the book would have dragged a little bit if they, if we kept going back and forth the same stuff over and over again. But it, it could have been funny, though, to have, like, five chapters in a row that are only, like, a paragraph long. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Um, no, I get it. And I totally get that it's, you know, even as I'm describing it in a movie, it's a montage, and montages are harder to do, if in not, like, impossible to do in a book. Um, but, yeah, I, I... When I wrote the question, I was kind of thinking, like, I wish we had gotten a little bit more. And then, um, well, I'll, I'll get to this next question because it kind of has to do with my thoughts on the time loop as well. Um, what do we think about what they are trying to say about traditions and the holidays and all of that stuff? I think they're saying that tradition is good, but don't be rigid about it. Be open to new experiences. Yeah, I would say exactly. And and you know, don't let it run your life. Tradition is good because it's it helps it connects you to your past and it. But don't let it. Yeah, run your life and. So one of my quibbles is I think that they were I think that that is also the message, but I think they were a little wishy washy on that because I thought first of all I thought everybody handled the sale of the cabin a bit immaturely like I get being upset like that your cabin is this cabin that you grew up with is gonna be sold but it's like okay this family who owns it need to sell it and all of you are being like weeping in the car and stuff like that it's like and I kind of thought that the message was gonna be we can do this anywhere we can do this in Bali we can do this in wherever it just as long as we're all together and I thought that was the direction that the book was headed in when she was kind of learning, like, okay, like, we're going to do traditions, but if if things don't go exactly the way that we always have them go, that's fine, too. And so well, and I thought... Conver- oh, sorry. Go, no, go ahead. They had that conversation with Andrew where he was saying, you know, we could all go to London for New Year's, and wouldn't that be nice as well? Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. So I thought I thought that it was going to end up with them realizing that they don't need to have the cabin. First of all, they're all paying for a cabin that they go to once a year and like they own it. It's like yeah, that's a that's a lot to keep a cabin for one week out of the year. Um well, I think they went there more often. Yeah, I do too, but it's still like um anyway, so I thought it was going to be that they sold the cabin and and maybe this is just, like, the military kid in me speaking who was never able to have a lot of deep attachment to places. But um, I, I think I would have liked it better if they all, you know, stepped outside of themselves a bit and realized, like, this can, this can happen anywhere. I mean, these things mm-hmm. that we do. And especially as someone who previously lived in Salt Lake, I know that Park City is stupid expensive so (laughs) i um so i know that the real estate there is is not cheap and i was you know with them on that side of things (laughs) so that was my main thing is i just thought that the the moral of the book kind of got flounced around a bit for me and and it wasn't ever super clear to me like what they were trying to convey i think that you guys are both right that it was you know we don't need to be rigid in traditions and it's just as long as we're together but i thought that there were better ways 
and like more pointed ways to drive that point home that I thought they missed out on. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it wasn't a huge blemish on the book. No. And that's just, if I were to nitpick, which we do on this show, um, that's where I, that's where I land. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about the book, the sex in this book. Um, (laughs) that's how the song goes. That's how it goes. Um, okay. Pretty mom friendly. If I, I, I liked the sex in this book. I know you you're know, a prude. But. I'm a prude and, and a you know, old mom. But I liked it wasn't even fade to black so much as you know, we got hints of it, but it wasn't like described in grand detail and I I was there for it. Yeah. Especially for the tone yeah. of the book. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely fit the tone. Yeah. Kind of more of a family not family friendly because it's <laughs> they still do have sex, but um more family centric book. To have it kind of more fade to black, I thought also, yes, was in keeping with the tone of the book. Yes. Thoughts, Sarah? Agree? Disagree? Agree. I, I thought the, the tone was in keeping with the, the family-centered book. Yeah. Yes. I weirdly found, like, all the sneaking around pretty swoony. <laughs> I was, like, <laughs> hiding in the closets. And... Yeah, and, you know... Playing sardines with the kids and getting a cheeky little makeout in there. I, I, I liked all of that. Because how often do you get to do that as an adult? I mean. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was kind of weirdly into it. Just saying. Yeah. Um, okay. Swooniest moments. We've already mentioned one. both of ours. <laughs> Sarah, did you have one that you wanted to say before we all start mentioning all of our honorables? I liked when they were sledding and he said something to the effect of, I, I never knew that this was an option. Yeah. That, yeah. that we could be together, that you could be mine. Yeah. And yeah, I think that cute. that was, that um, I think, I think especially for dudes, that is like such a like true sentiment that like they don't, you know, we as girls like look for potential in everybody, but like, I think guys need it. Like, offered on a platter to them. Like, here is a sexual... Some guy. <laughs> you know, a possible, a possible sexual partner for you. Um, and, uh, and I think especially in that situation where it's, like, somebody that you grew up with. Um, so, yeah, I liked that, that he's, that he's like, I didn't even really think about it. But now that I am, yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> and it's like, that's all it takes for them is just, you know, put it out there and they're like, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I like I like what you've done here. Um, so I thought that was cute. Mom, honorable mentions? Um, there's actually a lot of them I can think of. Uh, yeah. The making out in the pantry when her brother walks in. Mm-hmm. You tell yours and then I'll I, mine. I think my second place after the Christmas tree, which is really cute. And I like that moment just because it's there's nothing really that happens it's just really sweet and just like the visual of laying up under a christmas tree and everyone's like what are you guys doing under there yeah and, and looking <laughs> up into the christmas tree and having like this swoony conversation under the tree with your crush is is sweet um but my second place would probably be the, the playing the sardines in the closet and a little make out session little closet. make out session in the closet and getting walked in on by a little kid i don't <laughs> that's inappropriate but <laughs> Well, they, they pulled it together pretty quickly. I yeah. don't think the kids saw anything. But um, 
And then his, that's what made his little grand gesture at the end cute was, you know, with her nasty candy. <laughs> Which I am totally on his side on that. I don't I don't want to offend you, Sarah, in case you're a white chocolate person, but I I'm do not, not get white chocolate. chocolate. Any of those, like, Oreos, candies with the white chocolate and the Oreo pieces in them, like, I don't, there are better ways to partake Oreos, yeah. like, with real chocolate. <laughs> or to get those calories. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, the grand gesture was cute. The epilogue was very on the nose with like the refurbished cabin and, um, has all the things we like in an epilogue. Yeah. And an engagement, engagement, sex, surprise that all the family's there. I would have liked it if Benny had a companion of some sort by the Yeah. Somebody in the, in the comments says like, I want Benny to get his HEA and I'd be here for that. But I wanted him to have met a neighbor or someone that he invited over, and everyone's like, "Oh, hey, you know," or something. <laughs> I just wanted him to have a, a little friend at the end. Some dudes are just bachelors nice. for their whole lives, and I guess that's Benny's lot in life. <laughs> oh. Poor Benny. Poor Benny. Well, he got he got shafted by you know his best friend's girl. Yeah, drama. Yeah, yeah seriously. Jeez, guys. <laughs> Um, okay, let's dive into what some of the other listeners, besides Sarah, thought of this book. Um, Rochelle wrote in a very nice email and explained that she does not partake of the Facebook, and so she wanted to get her thoughts into us. She sent a very nice email about the podcast in general, but I'm just going to read her comments on the book. You're not going to read the good stuff? I'll, I'll let you read it later. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, she said, I waited to read In Holidays so I could participate with you. I love Christina Lauren, CeeLo, and found their writing clever and funny. This book was the perfect holiday read, and I loved the Groundhog Day premise. I loved how close all the group was and how they cared for each other. I would sometimes forget Malin's name as she, Benny, and Andrew had the fun nicknames with Mayhem, Maisie, Mandrew, Benedict, Benito. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of them. Um, CeeLo's writing always engages the senses. For example, once they got together, Malin says Andrew tastes like peppermint chocolate, smells like the wood in the fireplace, and feels like sunshine. Sigh. Many great moments, such as when Malin says she lusts for Andrew but also likes his company, the sexy sled ride, and at the end, she says she wished for happiness but it worked, but worked for it too. Found it wonderful that she was a stronger person than she thought. I really liked uh, M&A's love story, but again, I also thought it was a love story between the whole group that vacations together. You can see their love for each other and all they do. For example, when they get ready to open presents, it's described as the pile of gifts under the tree is a hilarious display of adoration, capitalism at work, and our complete inability to moderate ourselves in any way. Uh, and our tree usually looks like that as well. <laughs> You could see yes. that the group loved and respected each other and rooted for Malin and Andrew. Sweet, sweet book. Side note, if you haven't already read They're Dating You, Hating You, it is a hilarious listen on audio. I have not read that I one. I haven't read that one either. Have you read that one, Sarah? One. No, I haven't. Um, yeah. They're, they, they, I like her comment about engaging the senses because they do a very good job of that. Yes. Like, you get a really good sense... Once you figure out who the hell everybody is, um, you get a really good sense of, like, the cabin and what it looks like and what it smells like and um, all the activities that they're doing and the kind of just jubilation of a group like that together at Christmas. Well, I can't picture, because my family used to own a cabin up in Tahoe with several other families, and that's what I kept picturing, because it was not a fancy cabin in any 
sense of the word. No. And um, it had really cheesy 70s like wallpaper. It did. Really bad <laughs> And um but it was just it was our place, you know. Yeah. It was where we went and we loved it. And um And it, for the record, we were pissed when we yeah. had to sell it. <laughs> but the, the other families were like, yeah, we're selling. And my dad was like, I don't want to sell. And they, yeah, anyway. we were Anyway, sad. um uh but that's what I kept kind of envisioning was that kind of a cabin, kind of a, a but well loved but not super fancy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um she oh, Rochelle's finished with thanks for letting me ramble and thanks for such a fun fun podcast. Thank you, Rochelle, for your for your fun note. Um other another Sarah, we have a few of you. So a different <laughs> Sarah said this one was okay. I liked the Groundhog Day premises, but it didn't really feel Christmassy besides a couple winter activities, and I wasn't really digging the Friend, the family friends to lovers thing. I guess because to me they basically feel like family. Not my favorite, Christina Lauren. Um, that's a general consensus. As we're gonna read these, um, most of the listeners were just like, meh. That's like meh is the general tone that we get from. Um, I, I think, think we, I liked it come better. Come to expect grand things from Christina Lauren. So yeah, I liked it better than meh. But I get some of the meh comments. Yeah, meh. Um, um, I, however, like you said, I, I don't see it as a regular family, family thing because, you know, they only get together a couple times a year. Yeah. That, that makes a difference, I think. Um, and I, Sarah and I, Sarah, this Sarah and I usually see eye to eye. I won't speak for Sarah that is on the show with us, you know, <laughs> uh, but, uh, I think this one's pretty Christmassy. I think like, so too. Without mentioning Santa Claus, like I'm reading those Reindeer Falls books, and those are Christmassy to the freaking nth degree. Well, and the thing um, is, is, is the whole idea of redoing the holidays, you know, like their big, their whole holiday vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's. I think this one felt very realistically Christmassy, like because, yeah, you know, not it wasn't like a Hallmark movie where it's ridiculous, ridiculous. How dare you? How dare you? Where it's super ridiculously Christmassy. You know, I love in Hallmark movies how everything is decorated like somebody threw up a Balsam Hill kettle. Everything <laughs> is to the max decorated for Christmas. And, um, and Or they'll walk in someplace and say, oh, you need to put up some Christmas decorations. And then like the next scene, it's like someone spent thousands of dollars yeah, on Christmas decorations. But, um, but I thought this one was pretty Christmassy. I thought it was pretty Christmassy. I thought it was pretty Christmassy. Now, I I don't do, like, snow things, so that was weird to me, but I think it's normal for other people. <laughs> we don't, like, we don't, all, we also don't get snow where we live, but we will, I've, we've done a lot of snowy Christmases where we've previously yes. lived. And, yes, we have. Um, we'll sometimes travel to snow to do I'm not a fan of the snow. I'm happy being in my... Yeah, mom's happy to drive to the snow and not... No snow in Sacramento. (laughs) Be of the snow. Be of the snow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, Amy says, I've loved everything I've ever read by Christina Lawrence, so I was very excited to read this book. I would say this one was a like, not a love. It hooked me in right away, but after a while, it seemed to drag on and on. I think the book could have ended after May and Andrew got together, there was still a lot of book left after this happened, and I kept thinking, what the heck is the rest of this book going to be about? What else needs to happen? 
I never really got a clear understanding of how Andrew felt about Malin. Had he been in love with her as long as she had been in love with him? It almost seemed like he didn't have any romantic feelings for her until she told him how she felt. And then magically he was in love with her too? And what was the deal with Theo? Was he in love with her? They hinted that he was, but also kept talking about all the other girls he'd slept with. He was so upset when he found out about Malin and Andrew, but then got over it really fast. It was all so confusing. I half expected May to end up with Theo. The time travel plot made my head hurt. The epilogue was sickeningly sweet and too perfect. I thought I was going to puke fairy dust and rainbows. Benny, the Aussie stoner, was the only character I really loved. I would like him to get his HEA. Lot to unpack there, Amy. Um, so I got the feeling with Malin and Andrew that their thing, because he, he mentioned At having... At one time, he said he had feelings for her Yeah, for well, I think he had, like, kind of a sexy, smexy dream about her when they were in the bunk beds, mm -hmm. and then kind of had to, like, turn it off. And I think when he turned it off, it, you know... Anything that kind of crept in, it was like, no, it's 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 Maisie. I can't think about her like that kind of thing. Well, at one time he said, I've loved you for so long. And I, I couldn't figure out if he meant, like, loved you because your, like, family loved you. Or, anyway, I would have liked them to expound on that a little more. Or her to say, oh, really? And tell me about this love you have for me. But, um, so... But the fact that she didn't say anything or they didn't expand on it, I was like, oh, I don't know if he means I've loved you or I've loved you, you know. So it was it was a little confusing there. I get that. Yeah. And we already talked about how we were a little confused by the whole Theo thing. Well, and the th I think the way I read the Andrew thing, too, was that he shut it off and then, yeah, it's, it's someone that he has loved, like, family, and then when you add, you know, for lack of a better word, the sexual component, um, it's like, okay, and now I love you in this different way, too, because I already had the preliminary, like, love you as a friend feelings going, and now it's just branching off into this yeah. new thing. That's okay, right? Yeah. Sarah's getting to see all the hand gestures that I always do. <laughs> this is what I deal with all the time. There's a lot of hand gesturing. Um, any thoughts on, on Amy's comments there, Sarah? For Theo, I, I think, um, I don't think he loved her. I think it was, she's always been there available if needed. Yes. Yes. That is also yeah. what I got from that as well. That she's been kind of like his backup, right? Like, yeah. And she's always been the girl that's like, well, if I need to. <laughs> or <laughs> when he's up there at Christmas time, she's like the one he flirts with and has a good time with. And, you know, but if he was somewhere else with someone else, it, you know, it would, that wouldn't be the thing. So. Yes. Well, and also in his situation and Theo's situation, it's like, okay, so this is happening between my... So I, I get, like, his initial, like, whoa, uh, like, confusion and maybe a little bit of anger. Um, but then when he gets over it quickly, it's like, well, what else is he going to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's his brother and, like, his really good friend. Well, and I also kind of get how everyone assumed that she and Theo would wind up together. And so that's always kind of been the push. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were the same age, but then as you get older... That matters less. That matters less. You know, when she's nine and, and Andrew is 16 or whatever he was, or... Twelve. They were only, like, three years apart. Okay. No. Yeah. Uh -huh. Three, right? Yeah, they were, yeah. 
Three. Oh, well, then it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was more than that. No, it was but, only three. But, you know, but, but when they're younger, and he's, okay, nine and 12, you know, a 12-year-old isn't going to go for a nine-year-old. A 16-year-old isn't going to go for a 12-year-old or whatever. Um, Your math is horrible. <laughs> hey. 16 okay. for a 13-year-old. 13-year-old. And that's true. A 16-year-old is not, at least they shouldn't go for a 13 <laughs> No. Yeah. And, you know, then when he's 21, she's only 17. 20. When he's 20, she's only Gosh. 17. You taught math to children. Like, this is bad. Well, obviously not well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were going to do that. <laughs> but, um, you know, so... But as you get older, like yeah. when she's 22 and he's, whatever, 25. Is yes. that, did I do it right that time, Alex? Sure. Um, you know, then it's less of a deal yeah. than it would have been when they were younger. Um, Emma says, I DNF'd pretty early. I skimmed the end and honestly was pretty happy with my decision to skip. I haven't loved their recent releases as much as the older books. Might have to reread Rumi's soon. Oh, I, I did like Rumi's. We did like Rumi's a lot. Um Kind of with this comment and Amy's comment, I will also concur that it, it there's a lot of book left after they get together. Well, um, when I finished the book, there was a lot of book left. Like that's it ends at like eighty five percent, and then there's like a whole teaser of the, of another book in yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's true. So, because um, I was like, the book is ending. I'm at the epilogue, and I still have you know like twenty percent of the book left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but. I remember, like, when they got together, it was, like, 50% of the way through the book, and it's like, oh, geez, what else is, like, and that's, I thought that she was going to do another time loop, you know, because we still had so much book left, but, um, so, yeah, that was confusing. I did like her, um, like, kind of panic that she's like, I feel like I got this one right. I don't want to, like, time loop again because I like where this one is headed, you know, where she had quit her job. And Well, even though, you know, things were kind of crazy i think she's like i i like who i am in this loop yeah Yeah. um amy says this was such a strange one for me because when i read the first chapter i thought this book was going to be about how may was in love infatuated with andrew all these years but it turns out that theo was actually the one for her it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize that andrew was the hero to be honest i am still disappointed that i didn't get that book (laughs) haha all in all it was all right not a reread or anything um yeah, so that's another comment about Theo. Yeah. I mean, I was, we talked about it. I was the same way through most of the book. Yeah. Um, Catherine says, I think it could use some more magic, honestly. Maybe she should have had to start over at least once more. We never get to the scene with Theo in any of the redos, so it's hard to know what's going on there. I think it's funny when authors guess which movie references people in their 20s would or wouldn't get and then get them wildly wrong. I say this as someone who was born the year Groundhog Day came out and knew about the movie and had watched worse versions of it a la the made-for-Nickelodeon movie Last Day of Summer, long before I ever saw it. Overall cute, but not my favorite Christina Lauren. The Honey Don't List, which came out right before this one blew me away. I'm always shocked there's a, never a line for it at my library. In a Holidays has the cuter cover, though, which is important. <laughs> um, I will agree. Like, I feel like, how can you not know about Groundhog Day? Like, especially because so many movies get made that are, like, in the same vein as Groundhog Day, and it gets referred to as, like, oh, it's a it's Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day movie. <laughs> it's like a standard. Yeah, it's like, it's 
in the like cultural lexicon that like any sort of time loop is oh it's Groundhog Day even it's... if you've never seen it you know you have to know what it is or yeah. what it's about I mean we're pretty in the pop culture like we're pretty involved in movies and things like that so I can't I guess maybe I can't speak for everybody but I feel like it would be hard to not know what Groundhog Day is <laughs> Um, oh, I will say with Theo, um, cause we keep coming back to Theo. I, I did wish that we could have gotten clarification, you know, when he's kind of weird with her the day after their makeout. Um, and she kind of reads it as he's just blowing me off. We kind of got hints that maybe that wasn't the case, but never clarification never clarified it and i wish that but then i think if we had gotten clarification that would have maybe led complicated yeah (laughs) led more people to think that maybe theo is an option i mean was Um, he being a dick or was he just kind of being weird or maybe because she was being weird he's initially he's automatically like what yeah obviously like i don't care either like you're being weird. I don't know. <laughs> you know, in the way that guys do. Um, so I kind of wish we had gotten clarification on that, but I do think maybe it's for the best that we didn't. I don't know. It's one of those things. Um, Cassie says, this book never really took off for me. It was okay, but pretty forgettable. I think more could have been done with the time loop storyline as it was. It honestly shouldn't Uh, should have just been left out of the story. The main characters read like YA characters and there were too many side characters for such a short story. As Amy said above, I kept thinking there was going to be a twist and Theo was actually going to be the hero. Overall, I was underwhelmed by this one. So kind of more of the same. I, yeah, I'm I'm like slightly underwhelmed, but I don't think I'm as underwhelmed as... I thought it was cute and a fun read and especially for a Christmas read. I mean, yeah, it's, you know. Jess says, I listened to the audiobook of this when it first came out. I really liked the narrator, but the book was just okay for me. A like, not a really like, and not a love. I think the concept of Groundhog Day uh, meets Hallmarky Christmas movie was cute and clever, but I guess I had hoped for more out of this book. I also maybe didn't understand why May had been in love with Andrew. Shrugging emoji. I guess maybe I wanted more development of the romance and some sort of twist. I hadn't thought about a Theo twist that she only thought she loved Andrew but really loved Theo and he ended up being the hero until seeing others' comments. But I actually think that twist would have made for a more interesting story. On a positive note, I adore the cover. (laughs) people like lots of of cover comments yeah Anne says hi everyone this is my first post and i wanted to mention how much i love the podcast and facebook group thanks Anne. welcome um for this book i liked the cabin and traditions but found the story just jointed just like some other listeners i thought theo was going to have a better chance of being the hero but then may didn't spend any time with him overall this was just a like and felt like a missed opportunity to use the rewinds to understand both brothers better even with these issues, I still rooted for May to turn her life around and save the cabin. Um, lots of lots of uh, Theo confusion. Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, Raquel says, I read In the Holidays when it came out back in October, and right before writing this review, I realized I should reread it this Christmas because I've forgotten a lot about a lot of the details. Happens to me all the time. That's why I have to read two days before we record. Um... <laughs> 
Uh, she says, which can be said of a lot of books I read, so maybe I'm the problem. She says, I love Christina Lauren, but I didn't love this book, capital letters, love. I really liked it, sure, but only after I embraced the magical Christmassy craziness of the story. Again, maybe I'm the problem. The writing was great as usual with many laugh out loud and swoony moments. Here's what I had trouble with. I kept expecting Theo to be the hero <laughs> or that Malin would need to choose between the brothers. Is that a trope? Love triangle with brothers? If so, please send Rex my way. Apparently I might be into it. Um, so that I also kept expecting that everything would have been a dream or that Malin had been in a coma or something. Yeah, that is... That's another thing I was thinking too, is that maybe from the car crash, she was just kind of dreaming all this. Yeah, because she... Gets off scot-free on all these car crashes and, yeah. you know, falls down the stairs and things like that. Um, sh- where am I? Uh, anyways, the love story between Malin and Andrew was nice. Lots of cute moments. Below the Christmas tree, be still my beating heart. In the end, I guess Christine and Lauren are not at fault for not satisfying my overactive imagination, even when the book is really good. Has this ever happened to you guys? You read a great book, but you imagine ways that would be, have made it perfect for you? Yes. Yes. All the time. To your question. We talk yes. about that all the time. <laughs> uh, so maybe I'm being a bratty reader. P.S. I miss Naughty or Christina Lauren so much sometimes. I'm a huge fan of the beautiful series. Will Sumner is my absolute favorite hero. Their standalones are great, but can be more of a hit or miss with the readers. I also feel that you get way more attached to characters throughout a series than in standalones. Uh, thoughts? That is a good thought. I would say definitely, because a lot of times you know the character even before their book. Yeah. Bridgerton's, for example. I, so I tried, have you read any of the beautiful series that they do, Sarah? No, this was actually the first Christina Lauren book. Really? You have to read Rumi's. Yeah, you should read Rumi's. And uh, Josh and and Hazel Hazel is really good, and um, we liked Unhoneymooners, too. Um. But Beautiful, it's a lot dirtier. A lot dirtier. (laughs) And um, I didn't love... I think I read the first two books in that, and I, like, wasn't ever swept away. But in reference to, like, standalones versus series, I do think that... Here's... This is... uh, From a marketing standpoint, though, I think standalones are easier to market than series. Because you don't need any prior knowledge and sometimes it's daunting to be like this is book six so go back and read five other books and then come read this book that's supposed (laughs) to be really good which I run into a lot where I hear like book six is really good and I'm like but there's I'll go up to book three (laughs) like if they say the third book is the best book I'm like okay I can I can invest in three books but but yeah or something like that is a lot or in a series, you get invested in a side character, and then they never have a book. Yeah, yeah. In I fact, think the only time Joanna Shoup, she had one of the characters that was the the lead in the last series, had been in a prior series, and I was like, this guy's got to have it. And then that series ended, and I was like, that guy didn't get it. And then she did like a whole other series where he shows up, but that very, very rarely happens. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, yeah. Um, but if I read a standalone, I'm always thinking, oh, I wish so-and-so had a book, and I wish so-and-so had a book, and... Well, we even, like, read 
read mysteries or, you know, watch a show that is in no way a romance and we're like, well, obviously they're going to get their own book. <laughs> they were described as handsome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the joke is like, oh, so they're going to get their own book, obviously. Um, Natalie says, I enjoyed this book just fine, but honestly don't have a lot to say about it. So maybe that alone says something. <laughs> yeah, that could alone say something. Uh, Elizabeth says, it looks like I'm going to be in the minority because I really loved this book. Christina Lauren are an auto buy for me. Their writing just works for me. So I really enjoyed this book. I enjoyed the Groundhog Day aspect and the bit of magic. I loved May, Andrew, and all the rest in the cabin. Can we get a spinoff story for Theo? Oh, I like that idea. Maybe um, next Christmas. Yeah. I was a little worried about a love triangle and was happy it didn't go down that route. I may have even shed a tear or even shed a tear or two when May gives Andrew that drawing of them as an old couple. It was just so sweet and got to me. That was pretty sweet. That was cute. Um, so there's a positive. Thanks, Elizabeth, for bringing us back, back around a yes. little bit. Um, oh, and she said, this is my first Christmas read of the year and I loved it. And then finally, Juliet says, I would place this book firmly in the like category. I enjoyed the premise and the tradition slash family aspects of the book, as well as some of the initial May Andrew flirting and cute moments. I melted a little at their sweet conversation beneath the tree. That seems to be everybody's and I'm on board with it. However, I felt there should have been more attention given to her friendship with Theo. I felt like she treated him pretty badly through the repeats, and a better resolution to the conflict. I understand Andrew's sense of betrayal at hearing May kiss Theo in an alternate version of the past, especially since he believed her to have feelings for him throughout all of their adult years, but I felt like their makeup wasn't super earned. They definitely killed the grand gestures part, especially May with that drawing of them in 60 years, but they were just kind of like, I love you, cut to credits. I would have appreciated more of a conversation and for Andrew to articulate his feelings a little more. This is the third book I've read from Christina Lauren and is definitely my least favorite. I did really enjoy the Unhoneymooners and will give some more of their books a try in the future. Um, so that's everybody's thoughts. A lot of Theo confusion. Yes. A lot of likes, not loves. I would agree that I wish she... Because of something that he doesn't even know happened, she's kind of being, a, you know, awful to him. And I don't know that that's necessarily fair. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that's, that's, where, that's where this one ended. <laughs> Is everybody's just kind of <laughs> meh about yeah. it, like I said. And um, I get that. But I think I enjoyed it more than that. And um, I thought it was harmless enough yeah, as, as a book and I thought a it was fun little sweet. Christmas yeah winter read um any final thoughts from you Sarah on in a holidays before I close the segment I enjoyed it I mean like I said it was the first of their books that I've read and I've I'm going through the back catalog so yeah that's always yeah yeah Definitely you should, because they they have books that I liked a lot better than this one, first of all. Um, but they have really good books that they have done, so, um, yeah. So, those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on In a Holidays by Christina Lauren. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at Gmail. Com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you 
on December 14th, we'll be releasing the audio from our live episode, which we'll be doing on the Facebook group on Saturday, December 12th. So that's confusing. The podcast is coming out on Monday, the 14th. We are doing the actual live recording on December 12th at 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to leave it to all of you to figure out what time that is for you. Um, And we will be announcing our best of the year awards and doing some live Q&A and such. And we'll just see what that episode becomes. Um, But we're pretty excited. I love doing the best of the year awards. And we had fun with our last uh, live episode. So we're excited to do that again. For now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be getting to know Sarah a little bit better. So stay with us. Hi, No Yomos. Ellen here with another recommendation for you to check out. You know that Mom and I are fans of what we call our murder shows. In fact, if we're not watching something with kissing in it, it's going to be a show where a husband takes out a life insurance policy on his wife before having her brutally murdered. When will murderers learn that life insurance is a dead giveaway? Anyway. Well, if you're like us, then romantic suspense is where romance and murder meet. And there is a new romantic suspense out called Don't Look by Alexandra Ivy. Listen to this description and let me know if it also colors you intrigued. A woman's naked body is discovered cold and pale as the surrounding snow, except for the crimson scarf tied around her neck. The weeks that follow bring more victims and evidence of a terrifying pattern. The killer has a list and every woman on it will get what she deserves. Dr. Lynn Gale followed in her father's footsteps to become a vet in Pike, Wisconsin. For years, she's had little contact with Kerr Jansen, son of the town's late sheriff. Suddenly, he's back, insisting that Lynn's in danger. She can't believe anyone would target her, but someone is hunting the woman of Pike, savoring every last moment. Kerr hoped that his father's frantic calls about a serial killer were just an old man's delusions, but the body count doesn't lie. In this quiet town, a monster stalks and kills, and soon Lynn's will be the last name on his list. Now... That's got murder, romance, our two favorite things. And so if you also like those things, then you should definitely check out Don't Look by Alexandra Ivy and let us know what you think. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. We're so happy to have Sarah on that we want to dedicate the rest of the episode to her because mom and I talk a lot and... And uh, we're pretty boring. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So we're going to get to know a little bit more about her history with romance. So first, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself, as much or little as you would like to disclose to the listeners. My history with romance... uh, I started reading probably in junior high... And actually, one of my best friends, we are friends because in science class, she whipped out a romance book instead of her textbook. And I was like, that's somebody I need to be friends with. She's just like unafraid to be out here with her Fabio book because that's how old I am. And and was reading it. And... uh, I probably dropped off when I was in college and didn't read it so much and probably picked it back up probably 
five five or six years ago back yeah. back into the romance game <laughs> no judgment on the fabio thing because i was actually just looking on ebay to see if i could find like a classic fabio cover that i could like frame i have a lot of like kind of artwork of my interests my nerdy interests and i was like i need some more romance representation so i really wanted to get like a like gentle rogue you know fabio with his clutching (laughs) the damsel kind of thing um so what was your gateway drug like what was do you remember what your first book was or like your first author um julie garwood had a book and the main character's name was sarah without an h and i am a sarah without an h and my ego knows no bounds so i was (laughs) like yes me I totally get that. Because anytime there's an Ellen, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, I've We were talking about in the last, in the free-for-all that, like, I've never read a Julie Garwood, I don't think. And so I need to, I need to change that. Um, did you, like, see them at the library or in mom's hidden cupboard? Like, what was your exposure my mom yeah my mom was never a romance reader she was always a a mystery reader um so that was me at the library my mom was always as long as you're reading yeah it's good yeah these two as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i would go to the bookstore and like hunt out pink covers that was even before i was like reading hard and fast romance i was chiclet or you know, YA romance was kind of my entry. Um, okay, so what is your favorite book, romance or otherwise? Um, it's hard because I'm not like a really big rereader. I've reread the the only one I've really reread a lot is The Great Gatsby, and it's kind oh. of funny. As a teen, you're like, oh, they're this tragic torn apart and then and as an adult they're both a couple of jerks yeah, they're yeah. Both human beings <laughs> there's nothing romantic here yeah it's very true <laughs> i yeah i remember even like because i read the book in high school and that was you know especially me as a romance reader i was taking away the romantic elements and then i think i saw the movie like adaptation recently and i'm like so they're all awful people right that's like what the <laughs> yes. takeaway is <laughs> Um, and then do you, like, what are your genres outside of romance that you you dabble in? Uh, history, politics, mystery. Um, this, this year has been comfort reading only, so has been basically a romance only year. Yeah, that's, that seems to be the general consensus. And I, we were actually just talking about that to my brother and stuff about how, you know, there's been a large uptick in just people wanting comfy, cozy HEAs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what is your favorite romance subgenre? Do you get into like the mystery romances since you like a mystery? I don't like them to cross. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't. She's like that person that has their food on their plate and nothing can touch each other. (laughs) The corn can't touch the mashed potatoes. (laughs) I'm more of a historical 
um, you know, the Sarah McLean, Joanna Shoup, uh, Tessa Dare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, yeah, that yeah. was... Well, when I started out, I only read historicals. I was afraid to read a contemporary because I was afraid they were going to be, like, scary, like, Fifty Shades kind of. And, um, but now that I've read, you know, lots of both, some of those historicals, I mean, are <laughs> racier than a lot of the contemporaries. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the Sarah McLeans and the, uh, you know, Tessa Dares and... Yeah, they, some of those are pretty. They get pretty well, and that was because I knew I'd be able to get, and we've talked about this a thousand times, but I knew I'd be able to get her into historical because that's we've always watched period dramas together and stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, I'll start her with a historical. And so one of the first that we listened to was with the sex scenes in it because we listened to a first to Tessa Dare, and I kept fast forwarding through the sex scenes. And then the first sex scene she listened to were Sarah McLean, and pretty quickly into listening to a Sarah McLean, I'm like. This was not a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> These are very sexy. <laughs> but it yeah. still worked. Yeah. <laughs> She's still here, so that's that's a thing. Um, what are your favorite tropes within romance? I like a fake relationship. Uh, for in a contemporary, I like a fake relationship. Uh, forced forced proximity is also always. Always yeah. a good go-to. Yeah. I, yeah. Those are good. Hey, even fake relationships in historicals are pretty good. Like, uh, I just read Duke and I, and that's them pretending to... Because I love about a fake relationship that it always... It's like... It so quickly becomes real. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Who are we fooling? Come on. Come on. Yeah, those are good ones. Um, what would you... Rec- like, what's your go-to if you're trying to recommend someone to get into romance? I really don't recommend to someone who is not inside of romance already. Yeah. Uh, we do so it sparingly as one. well. <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> and we've got like a little list in our heads of ones that, oh, this one would be a good one to recommend to someone who's never read romance before. Well, it, and that list tends to be ones that are pretty light on the sexy times. Yes. Um, is generally where... Like Amy Harmon or Carrie Winfrey or, you know, some of these authors that are pretty yeah. light on As you like historicals, have you read uh, Where the Lost Wander by Amy Harmon? No, I haven't. It's really good. I just read that She's one. She's just phenomenal. Her writing yeah, is amazing. Really good. Um, but, and then we've also talked about this before, but if, you know, someone, if it is someone who likes a more, a mystery or something, we'll try and find, like... A romance mystery mm-hmm. or if it's someone who I know likes period dramas I'll try and do a historical or something like that um but yeah we don't tend in fact there's more and more people that are starting that we know that are starting to find out about the podcast and we're like <laughs> we don't want the general public to listen to the things that we I say text people and say don't judge me and <laughs> it's like I'll send you the link but you need to like know a few things going in because I have a feeling people think that we're just, you know... Oh, it's the Julian Ellen show. Talking about Hallmark movies <laughs> and things like that. And it's like, no, we talk about other stuff, too. So, um, who are some of your auto-buy authors? It sounds like you've kind of mentioned a few of them, but... Sarah McLean, Tessa, Tessa Dare, um, Alicia Rye for Contemporaries. Mm-hmm. I like a lot... Um, that's, that's kind of, 
what I can think of off the top of my head right now. Those are all good ones. Those are good. Yeah. Um, what, what got, this is where we enter the self-aggrandizing portion of the program. What got you started listening to us? If you can remember. Um, I, I started working from home so I could have podcasts on and, mm-hmm. well, I have, you know, history shows. What's something else that I enjoy <laughs> that's not, like, well, let's search books okay well let's search do they have any for romance books ah and there's a lot of there them. are for there romance books <laughs> there you go i i just i like the format i liked the way you the way you talk to your mom <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> i think she should be way more respectful but whatever <laughs> We just always, it's always interesting to hear how people come to find us, you know, just for marketing purposes more than anything. No, but, um, cause a lot of people seem to find us through Penny Reed, a lot of people. Um, and, but yeah, there's also that. And a lot, the, and honestly, like we've seen a dip in numbers since people have stopped like commuting and things like that. Cause that's when a lot of people do would listen to podcasts. Us. Um, but yeah, working from home that will, I also have done the work from home thing and had podcasts and TV shows that are good to play in the background. <laughs> um, what is a book that you would like to see us do on the show someday? Oh, um, I'm, I'm usually pretty good about putting in my recommendations when you have your, when yeah. we have the poll. What, what should we do for next? Yeah. When you do the poll. So, all right, there's, I know there's, like, a contingent of listeners who wish we would do more historicals. Are you one of those? Can, are you one of those? I, I mean, I do, I do like them. I was a little, little disappointed that the Duke and I, or excuse me, not the Duke and I, um, the, the new Courtney Milan didn't make it. Oh. It's, it's so closely made. <laughs> it was so close. And, um, and I, I think, because... I know that there's, and we love historicals too. Um, it's just that they don't ever get as voted as high, which makes me sad because I, I I love historicals. Um, and I haven't read. Have you read the new Courtney, Courtney Milan? Is it out yet? It's very sweet. Okay. Yes. And you know, maybe we'll we'll read it. On maybe our we'll own. read it and just chat about it for a second. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, that it was so close. It was the next one down, and um. But have you read The Widow of Rose House? No, I haven't. I know you guys have recommended that. Yeah, we really liked that one. What's the other? It was we historical. have another historical. Oh, the the Diana Quincy book is on there as well. Um, her night. I I gotta say oh, that was already like... a, a DNF for me. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. That is good to know. Sometimes it's good to know, like. Because uh, I, I don't read in depth the listener comments, but I kind of like to see what the general consensus seems to be when people start posting stuff. And sometimes, it, like with this one, I think I liked it more because I knew people were saying like, eh. <laughs> and so then I go and I'm like, that's not that bad. I liked it. Um, and so uh, sometimes it helps me to know if people didn't like it because then I can go in and be like, okay, people don't like it. So... <laughs> We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Well, and I don't know if I if I don't like it because I don't like it or if I'm just in 
a schlump period right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so, like, we really liked the Ray Kess and nobody else liked that Yeah, one. like we were the only ones who liked it. <laughs> and, and, but it's because it was super angsty and I just think that that one unfortunately came out at the wrong time and I think, yeah, and, and we've also talked about like you definitely need to be in a certain headspace for certain books and if you're not in it, it's just not going to work And this has you. just been the year of non-angsty headspace. Yeah. Which I don't know how angsty that one is and if that's why it didn't work for you, but um Okay. Sarah, that's all the questions I have for you. Pretty painless, right? <laughs> wasn't yes. wasn't too bad. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show and for putting up with all of our technical problems that we had before we started recording, because they were great and plentiful. Ellen's fault. It was my fault this time. Um and well, thank you guys for having me. <laughs> of course. And um and thanks for listening and participating and all of those great things. And thanks so much to you again for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us on December 12th, which is the day that we are recording our live episode, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for well, free. Well, watch that, though, on... <sighs> yes. Sorry, it's just, yeah, yes, that's true. <laughs> um, look in social media this week for announcements about that episode because it's going to be easier just to write it all out. That's what I'll say. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMom'sRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks, Mom. Have a good night, guys. You too. (laughs) Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.